0: All right, let's get into it. This is the Sports Blog New York podcast, but you already know that, and I'm Pete Kennedy. You probably know that already too, because you just heard the anchor read and all that fun stuff. But before we actually kick off today's episode, I'm here with just a piece of information for you all. Um, Today's episode is actually just part one of a two part podcast series episode. Thing, Whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. But there's two parts of our top 25 NBA players list podcast here because there are great players in the NBA, a lot of them. And there was a lot of stuff to talk about. There was a lot of stuff to debate. But I do feel pretty confident. I feel very good after recording that because I feel like we came up with a fantastic 25-person list highlighting the greatest players we have in the world in basketball and in the NBA. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. I figured you wouldn't enjoy a, you know, over two hour long episode. And that's why we decided to split it into two. So, right now, you're listening to part one. On Friday, part two will be available. And I hope you are excited because I was excited to record this. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I truly feel like this list is undeniable. You couldn't even come up with one argument for this list, if you ask me. It's perfect. The aggregate between the four of us and our votes in our top 25 list is actually perfect. There's not one piece of information that you can probably argue us on throughout the entire two-episode portion of the Sports Blog Nerd podcast. And obviously, I'm being extremely serious about that, so I hope you definitely don't you know, come on Twitter and argue with me and, and try to debate me and tell me that I'm wrong. That would be something that I definitely wouldn't want. <laughs> but without further ado, uh, let's get to it. Part one of the top 25 players In the NBA, part two on Friday. That's it. Sports Blog New York podcast. Listen up. Here we go, Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us, as always, on the Sports Blog New York Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and, of course, on Anchor, as you just heard in the open there. Uh, But joining me today, very special guest for a very special podcast, because I will tell you what, basketball is not back yet, but it's, like, right there. It's about to be back. It's about to be real. Basketball is in front of our face once again, and I can't wait to talk about it with our NBA Outsiders. First off, John Lucas Duffy. How you doing, brother?
1: I'm great, Petey. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. What was that? What was that voice? (laughs) I don't know. Just mixing it up, bro. (laughs) I liked it. I liked it a lot. It actually made me put a big smile on my face, man. And uh, of course, Frank Villani. How you doing, brother?
2: Here. What's going on, Petey?
0: Oh, man. I'm happy to be talking to you guys, and I'm even happier to bring a first-timer onto the Sports Vlog New York podcast, joining us to talk hoops and all things ball, uh, my main man, Kyle Anderson. What's up, brother?
3: Petey, what's going on, man? It's it's a long time coming. We've talked about it for a while, so I'm honored, honored to be on the show with you guys.
0: Yes, man. You are one of the people who I find myself in just basketball conversations with consistently all the time on instagram and text every time we hang out so it was only a matter of time and to give you some some credibility here a couple sport coach including basketball right now as well so just throw it out there he's quite the hooper himself you know he's a pretty humble guy he's not going to say it. but kyle uh, is going to bring some some good knowledge to the podcast and of course you know frank duff and i will always try and bring the heat as well and this podcast here we are breaking down the top 25 players in the league. And it feels like an important podcast to do because, A, basketball is around the corner. We're actually going to get sports back in all of this madness that we've experienced in 2020 so far. Mid-July seems legitimately possible and most likely happening. I don't want to say definitely because corona cases are coming around and uh obviously other things going on. Um shout out Jokic. Yeah, shout out to Nikola Jokic. But the top twenty five players in the league, it's important to talk about it. We'll get into our reasoning uh in a second. But first off, let me just ask uh, whoever wants to jump in first here, does it feel real yet that basketball is coming back or are you not gonna believe it until they all show up to the bubble in Orlando?
2: I I think I'm just like I'm ready for it in general. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit for sports in any capacity to come back so like i'm a big believer i'm not going to hear any of this half stuff you know put them in a bubble they're playing basketball we need it we need it
1: i think it's going to happen but i'm um, i'm a little uh, nervous about how it might play out considering uh what if like what if people start testing positive in the middle of the playoffs, but they have no symptoms? Will they just let them play, or Mm-mm. are they going to force them to sit out? Are they going to delay it? Like if it gets to the finals and you know LeBron or Giannis all of a sudden has coronavirus, like what what are they going to do? Because that'll be like that would be an absolute travesty to me if one of them has to sit out and then their team loses. That would be awful in in my opinion. Like it would be like a, a almost a waste.
3: Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely you know something that we've all been waiting for for so long, but at the same time, like you almost don't want to get your hopes up and think that oh man, like you know they give you a, they give us the date and we expect a game and then you know something happens and I just feel like there's a lot of unknown, you know, like like you were saying, Duff, like just so much unknown that could happen that could totally derail the season and then, you know we have to cancel it, so.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I mean Nikola Jokic is a name, and he's a big name to people like us who love basketball. He's not a national icon, right? If if Steph Curry's not in, so I don't know why I was going to his name first. If if LeBron, if Giannis, Harden, Kawhi, Leonard, uh, even a Luka Doncic or a Zion Williamson, if these guys catch coronavirus, that is a different thing than if you know the eighth man on a team uh, catches it, and. That's unfortunate to say out loud, but it is true, right? Because no matter how you skin the cat, if, you know, the best player on a championship caliber team is getting sick versus somebody who maybe is on like the seventh seed and the ninth best player on their team, they're going to treat it the same and they're going to be quarantined. They're not going to be able to play. That's a hundred percent true, but the perception will 100% be more intense against the possibilities of the season continuing. Um, and also, obviously, there there's players who, I mean, we need to mention it, this is obviously not a, a podcast where we're going to get into deep social issues and political stuff, uh, but the four of us actually last night before recording doing a little planning for this podcast talked about it. I know we're all pretty much on the same page here, like – there's obviously stuff with Black Lives Matter movement happening right now that is extremely serious to a lot of these players, and uh, I would just be remiss if I didn't bring it up. And, you know, this podcast stands with with whatever, uh, the, you know, the black leaders want to do, and it seems like basketball being played is going to be the majority feeling, but you have to respect players who aren't feeling that. So if there's a mixture of what's going on with coronavirus and the social movements right now, there is a possibility this could still be, you know, a flash in the pan and not come to the fruition we hope it does. So there's a lot happening. There's a lot of stuff we could get into. We do want to keep this basketball-centric. But, you know, I think anyone that listens to this podcast would understand that we surround ourselves with good people, uh, and we want to stand on the right side of history, that being Black Lives Matter. And we're not going to get deep into it now, but it's important to say it out loud. Uh, But without further ado, let's get into the, the league and the top 25 players, how we're going to do this, and what we wanted to do with this list, since we're almost a full month out of games again in the NBA, you know, we didn't want to go too specifically with just the playoff teams, just the 22 teams that are going to Orlando. We figured once we got closer, we can get more into the specific um, you know, matchups and players who are going to be in the playoff. So we have the full league here. We are also including injured players. So Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, John Wall, all eligible for this list. Um, You will obviously see where they end up as we go through it, Um, but that's because we are doing this list as if we were starting next season, right? So obviously this playoff is important. We're going to obviously touch on it as we go through this podcast, but we're going to do more specific shows on this playoff as we get closer. So this is going on to next season. So injured players will be healthy and that's where we're coming from with this list a definitive aggregate ranking of the top 25 players between myself, John Lucas Duffy, Kyle Anderson and Frank Vellani. So before we get into our list, which we are going to go one through 25, we're not going to count from 25 down to one. We're going to start at the top and we're going to work from there. Let's, let's talk some honorable mentions here first. I think the honorable mentions will help us all give an understanding of our thought process before we jump into our official ranking and also shout out to the guy who, uh, who just missed. So, uh, you know,
1: wait, wait. let's save the honorable mentions for last. let's keep the people in suspense <laughs> let's not let them know who didn't make the list yet.
0: okay all right you know what out. you know what we were we were throwing both options around in the beginning and now that you put it that way, I think that might be a better plan because there may be a guy who I was gonna I was almost gonna spoil one right away. There may be a, somebody listening to this podcast who's a specific fan of a team hoping that their guy makes it. 22, 23, 24, 20, and then it'll make it, and then they're really sad, and they never listen to the podcast again, and I hope that happens. So we <laughs> won't do that, and we'll just start at the top. So uh, Duff, why don't you start us off and uh, open up our first-ranked player we got here on our definitive aggregate list for the Sports Blog New York podcast.
1: Good. It's good you threw it to me for that because you were the only person who didn't put this player at number one.
0: Peace be and... miss the layup, Dean.
1: What?
2: He's the only one who missed the layup.
1: He blew the layup, bro. Yep. It's it's gotta be King James. It's gotta be LeBron James. He's still the king. He's still number one. And I like for me, there's not much else to it than that. Like he's still LeBron, he's still in the league. If I'm walking into the playoffs, who do I want on my team above everyone else? I'm gonna take LeBron James. And and if I'm just picking a championship contender, he's the guy who's been there the most out of anyone else in the league. And he's he's the only guy I can think of to be number one. So I I don't know. Kyle, Frank, you guys got anything else to add to that since you put him at number one, or should we just put Pete on
3: the hot seat right away? I'll just
2: echo, mean, yeah, Kyle, go ahead. No, no,
3: I mean I mean it's uh it's you said everything. I mean it's I mean it's just LeBron. So I mean whatever whatever you got to say, Frank. I mean
2: Yeah, I was just gonna <laughs> echo your sentiment and say uh there isn't a situation in pretty much NBA basketball that LeBron hasn't seen yet. Um, probably the only player to have that experience, you know, hands down, number one, baby. So Pete.
1: All right, moving on. Number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> who Pete had, wow. who Pete had at number one. Mm-hmm. So Pete, since you had Giannis at number one, you can go ahead and defend your case.
0: Yeah, so well played. Good execution there, Duff. That's why I threw to you. I had all the faith in the world in you. Uh, my reasoning for this was we're talking about next season, right? So obviously, I mean, LeBron James was number two on my list. It's not like I had him at like four or five or some crazy thing like that. It I had him at as, two. If
1: it's not
2: one, it might as well be a million.
0: That's fair. And you know if what? You're not I- first, you're last
2: <laughs> Ricky Bobby, dude. I learned that at a young age. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never heard truer words in my life. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is a back-to-back MVP, most likely. Right, He's going to win the MVP this year again, even though it's a shortened season. But he's back-to-back MVP. And they, this guy has a fair amount of room left to be better. And I think he is the type of guy who's going to be there. He's going to get to that spot. ...of being better. His shot's going to get better. His passing's going to get better. His defense is already incredible. His scoring's already incredible. He He's doing what he's doing right now uh, in 31 minutes a game, which is 29 points, almost 14 rebounds and 6 assists. Like, It's insane what he's doing, and there's feasible room for him to get better. And if I were betting again for next season who was going to be the best player in the league? You know, you could call it the MVP. Who would you start a team with next year? I think I might go with Giannis because I know he's going to carry a team to 60 plus wins and probably win another MVP. Like that's where he's at in my mind.
1: I, I get that. You're and you're saying he's going to like, he's got all this room to get better and stuff like that. But the thing that came to my mind as you were saying it was like, all right, what can LeBron get better at? And I honestly feel like there really is no answer. Like, I don't know what he could get better at. Cause he's he so just...
0: damn good already. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it like almost feels
1: shooting. Are we going to like nitpick that one? Like, or, I mean... you know, I'm just throwing, I'm not saying you're saying, I'm just throwing it out there.
0: No, of course. And I mean, LeBron's not only, you know, shooting 50% from the field, he's 35% from three this year. So like even his shooting, which is, you know, not his greatest, asset all the time is pretty damn good this year as well you know like and his range is out
2: of the gym it feels from anywhere
0: it feels silly to not put him first it does it does feel a little silly I'm not gonna lie about it but like Giannis Atetokounmpo is an absolute unstoppable force and then every time I say that in the back of my head I go well so is LeBron well so is LeBron well so is LeBron right but I'm thinking I'm thinking 82 games I'm thinking playoffs as well at 36, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not going to say he's not going to be the second best player in the league. He probably will be the first best player in the league still. But Giannis was my pick based off of the likelihood of him winning MVP again, being on his way to a possible championship. Like, he next year could be the guy who the Bucs and Lakers could face off and Giannis could outplay him just like Kevin Durant did uh, a, a couple finals ago.
3: I, I think Giannis in the playoffs last year, I think just shows that he still has a lot more to go, like at least with the Raptors and like in that in that, in that series, just because yeah. you could tell that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't really make the adjustment. You know, like he, they kind of, like we're talking about LeBron. All right, you know what, you're gonna let him shoot? All right, he can shoot from pretty much anywhere now. And I think that's like credit to to the work that he's put in. But also, you know, they let him shoot and they, you know, take away the lane. Sometimes he doesn't kick it out when he should, you know, when he has capable shooters. So I think that's just one of the things that he could definitely improve on, but it doesn't mean he's not, yeah, he's obviously still a great player. He's just, you know, just not better than LeBron, I guess.
0: Right. Opinion. I mean, yeah, right. We're talking about the number yeah. one and number two player in the world, right? So they're yeah. pretty damn good. <laughs>
3: yeah. We're, yeah we're, we're really like, you know, nitpicking here. But. I know. I just wanted to make. Pete, feel bad.
0: You did. No, you did, did a good job. I feel it, bad.
1: I'm
3: with. No, I'm with you, Duff. Like it's 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 LeBron, man. Like, and for me, it's kind of no. I guess like conversation yet. You know, until someone kind of takes over.
0: Now I feel stupid. No, it's it's all good. I mean, I, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. This is
1: why we did. This is why we did the four person <laughs> aggregate score because we knew someone was gonna fuck it up.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh man. All right. Well, that's good right there. That's good stuff. Uh, LeBron number one. I'm obviously I'm cool with that. You know what I mean. But I just put Giannis on number one. It's cool. It's cool. But we're gonna move on to number yeah. three. Number three uh, on our list, the aggregate says it is Kawhi Leonard just by a short margin over number four, who we'll get to. Um, But Frank, why don't you talk a little bit about Kawhi and why he's like such an easy guy to slot in number three here.
2: Uh, Just versatility. Pretty much. He's, he's the, he's a Swiss army knife as a basketball player. You can put him in any city. You can put him in any uniform. You can match him up against anybody on defense. Um, He literally can do everything. Um, His mid-range game is phenomenal he's one of the best defenders in the game uh and just like i don't know he kind of rose to stardom just being a quiet guy so i feel like it's just easy to easy to root for Kawhi leonard man it really is
1: and i really defensively i really think he can guard one through five he's not as great of a, a playmaker as you know someone like Giannis or lebron but To your point, Frank, he is the best, probably the best mid-range game in the league Mm -hmm. where, you know, it's at least up there. Like, you know, easy top three to the point where he can create his own shot in basically any situation from any spot on the floor and just always get to his sweet spot. So he's always lethal no matter where he is on the court. Like I have nightmares still about that play against the the Sixers when knocked him out of the playoffs last year. And I think about how he caught the ball like so near the top of the key with only a few seconds left on the clock and he made it all the way to the right baseline by the, by the right corner, fading out of bounds, shooting over a seven footer. And he just like drilled it. And that's just, he knew, I was like, I'm, I'm going to catch the ball. I'm going to get to this spot. Cause I know if I get to that spot, I'm most likely to make um, this shot. And it's exactly what he can do on any given play.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, Kawhi, it's, it's so nice to see, you know, that people have not lost the art of the pull-up and, you know, the mid-range jumper, especially just as a basketball coach, like at, at, especially at the high school level. It's, you know, just constant, constant, you know, driven by threes now and, you know, the, the numbers instead of, you know, sometimes there are opportunities just to take the right shot and take the pull-up, you know, or give a ball fake, two dribble pull-up to the, to the elbow. Yep. And he still averages, you know, he still averages the same amount of points as everybody else. And he takes probably half the threes potentially, you know? So I think it's, it's, he's a good example of a complete game, you know, that we, that we were just talking about
0: a hundred percent. And you know what? I'm even feeling dumber right now because if I'm being a hundred percent Frank with myself, not Frank Villani, but just Frank with myself, like, I
1: was gonna say, if you're Frank, who's, who's Frank
0: gonna be? Is he Pete. Pete? He'll be the the, H-P? okay. Pete Frank, poops a lot. <laughs> Frank will just be <laughs> the aggregate, he'll be the voice of the aggregate. But, um, no, so I, like if I'm being completely honest with myself right now, I look at Kawhi Leonard and I want him over Giannis going into this playoff. So maybe my thought process was too, you know, fully regular season, at, like, really accounting for the regular season? Cause I was thinking it not only about about next season. No, of course, but I'm I'm thinking about it, not even like going into the playoffs. I'm thinking about it like a one year franchise. I need to position myself to have a championship team. Like Giannis puts himself higher because of his youth, you know, his injury stuff has been very under control. Like he hasn't been injured much at all in his career. And um, that's kind of what put Giannis above. But uh, if I'm being completely honest, like Kawhi, is I think two to only LeBron, and you could argue if Kevin Durant was healthy going into this playoff, is that is that fair to say too?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the the way we're framing this now was slightly different than when I was ranking these. So I, I honestly would probably have put Kawhi Leonard second if I did this again. But that's something we talked about a little bit pre podcast that you can look at this thing five different times in the same day and, and your, your answer changes for a lot of these, for a lot of these rankings. So hundred uh, percent, I'm comfortable with where we have them. I, I think three is, is, it's pretty fair, honestly. I, yeah. I think it's right on.
0: And that's why, you know, with the four of us and we all ranked, you know, I think we all ranked at least like 40 or 50 players. I, I think I ranked about 70. It doesn't really matter, but between all the people we ranked, you know, if one of us was was wilding a little bit on somebody, like, we're all going to keep each other in check. Like, if I, you know, if I got Joe Ingles at 18, you know, somebody, you guys are going to hold him down. He's still not going to make the top 25, you know? So it's good that we have the four numbers to keep it keep it balanced. And, and speaking of keeping it balanced, um, we have a guy at number four who, you know, balance doesn't get thrown around a lot for this guy, actually. But if you really think about his game, he's one of the most balanced players in the entire league. And that's Kevin Durant. And calling him balance is an, is an understatement, but it's true because he could do everything. And we forget, we haven't seen him play in a year. Last time we saw him playing, he was hobbling around because he pulled his, uh, tore his Achilles. But Kevin Durant ranks number four. The highest we had him was two uh, at, at Kyle, and I had him at five. Uh, and my reasoning real quick before I look, we get to talk about this amazing athlete of Kevin Durant, um, I said he could easily be number two or three on this list but because he hasn't played, because you assume there'll be some rust, um I respect him enough to still put him five. But he realistically can be number two on this list. That's how good this dude is. And we can't forget about it.
1: Yeah, Kyle, why, since you put him at two, why don't you go ahead and give your uh give your reasoning for that, even you know, even going into next season, even with the injury.
3: Yeah, uh I still think, you know, I and maybe it's, you know, a little bit of, you know, kind of like. I don't know, just just short-term memory, I guess you could say. You know, Kevin Durant, like, literally took over the finals, like, when he was in the finals. You know, before before his Achilles injury, obviously, and he came back, you know, they say too early or whatever. But, you know, a guy that literally just took over the finals when he got onto, uh, you know, got on, onto the Warriors, you know, and pretty much – I, I, I honestly think that if – If if uh, if KD doesn't come like get onto the Warriors team, I do think that the Cavs win potentially two more. I I really do, and I think it's just because he literally took took so much of a burden off of Steph and Clay to produce that now Kevin Durant, the guy that you know was the ultimate scorer in OKC, is now playing defense and has like two blocks a game now. Because he he does not have that burden anymore of you know having to constantly take shots between him and Westbrook and that's it. So I really think that you know hopefully when he gets back he's he's more healthy so and uh, can get back to the same level he was at.
2: Yeah, that's pretty well said. Um, he's just, he's just a bad dude. Like I I love the the conversation that people have been having this year, like how James Harden's like a legendary offensive threat and he might be like the best of all time. And it has merit and you know, it's a good argument, but for for my my money's worth or my argument's sake, I think the best pure offensive player I've ever seen is Kevin Durant. Uh he just doesn't force the volume that James Harden does and you know, again, this could be argued for hours on end, but I think he's got the most complete offensive game in the NBA. And I'm not sure anyone's even really, like, in his league. I think he's, he's he's like, 1A to everybody else's 1B. And there's probably a few people there, like Harden and Curry. But and that was,
1: Frank, 1B. that was something he was talking about a lot, like the season where he ended up getting uh, injured in the playoffs uh, last year. But it was a goal of his to have every shot in his repertoire, whether it was – you know, from the outside, the post game, mid range, you know, mid post, uh, you know, face up from 20 feet, yeah. like every he was trying to be expert level at every single shot in the game. And I really think he was so, so close to that if he wasn't there already. And uh, he he is like whoever said he was balanced, like he is the closest thing to a comp- like the most complete offensive threat that there is in terms of scoring.
2: Yeah, like, um, <laughs> I can I couldn't agree more. Like if you made a scoring robot, it would look like Kevin
1: Durant.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant, yeah, seven
1: foot tall, strong, quick right. as lightning, and you can just shoot over Ray, everyone yeah. with the smoothest stroke. Handles get
3: to every spot. Yeah, man.
0: Fin- so, finish yeah. around the rim. Like, yeah. So, all right, offensively, you know, if you want to start bringing like LeBron into it, right, with the passing and the whatnot. If you remove the passing, which Kevin Durant is a good passer, he's just obviously not like a true point forward, but he obviously will handle it. He'll run the pick and roll. But if, like you said, if you're talking just scoring, there ain't anybody who's done it like him before. There's just not. Like nobody has been able to attack with that length, power, and touch plus shoot from 35. Like no one, no one has ever done what he's done in the NBA. Like Michael Jordan, obviously, go, right? LeBron, freak, strong, so smart, can make all the shots, but he's not shooting like Durant. So what Durant 100%. has done in the league is untouchable right now. There's nobody who looks or does what he does as consistently as he does.
2: Yeah. 100%. Honest, I, can, I, can, I can't wait to to watch him play again. Like Miss him. No. It's been too long.
1: Yeah, definitely miss him.
2: And he's somebody like he's outspoken and all that stuff. And like, you know, he's made controversial decisions. Like it, not to say he's a bad guy, but like, you know, he's an easy, easy target to be sort of like a guy to root against or be like, and they just be like, damn, he did it again, bro. You know?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And some people still hate on that dude, man. Oh man. Do I get heated when a stranger or someone I know and love calls him soft? I'm just like, you're just taking some Twitter BS. And calling him soft, like, if you're still mad about the Warriors thing, just get over it. Like, he proved that he didn't just ring chase. He went to the team and, like, not that he carried them. Like, you know, Harden might have to carry the Rockets. He was
1: was clearly the best player. He was the cog.
0: He was the dude uh, by far. Uh, Even head-to-head against LeBron, it was him. It was him. So stop it. I'm sick of it. Let's move on to the next one.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now on to the next one from one of the most versatile scorers who can score from any level. This is one of the most boring scorers who oh, only God. scores in two different ways. Duffy, what did
0: Duffy? What did I do to you recently, man? <laughs> uh,
1: and if you don't know who you're talking, who we're talking about, you haven't listened to the pod before. But here, here's uh, my man Pete Kennedy back to defend his boy James Harden.
0: Here I am at uh, number
1: five. At number five, James Harden.
0: Yeah, and so Look far. So far the variance on these top 5 guys has been really small. Something we're going to touch on is variance obviously, you know, if I have uh, you know, Harden at 4 and Frank has him at 12, we're going to have to obviously point that out and and discuss it. But even us, uh, you know, who we obviously joke and and somewhat criticize Harden and I appreciate him, you know, the lowest we have him is 6, the highest we got him is 4. He comes up at 5 in our in our list here. I mean, what else do I have to say, Duffy? What else can I say? What have I not said before? This dude takes an offense, puts it on his back, drops 35 a game, carries to 50 wins, and the playoff stuff is fair-ish. It's definitely fair to an extent. It's not as terrible, I think, as some people make it out to be. And uh, we'll see what he does in Orlando this year, but you you cannot discount what this guy has accomplished in the league. He, He should have two or three MVPs. He has one. He has scoring titles. He passes the ball extraordinarily well. It's a little boring sometimes, uh, but he manipulates a defense like no one I've ever seen with my own eyeballs. And I'm constantly impressed watching him maneuver, make plays, shoot, finish by the rim, get to the line. It's incredible to watch, and he's not as bad on defense as people make it seem.
2: I think you made a lot of fair points. Um, The only thing I'm going to say is and it's not even really to knock his game like I I don't know I guess in some respect that could be considered a James Harden hater I don't consider myself one but uh to Duff's point like he's mocking but to the, the the boring scoring thing I think that's like one of the reasons why I put Kevin Durant in category 1A versus a guy like James Harden who again, like is a legendary offensive player in, in the game, probably for what he's doing for the past couple of years. Um, it's just like his, his reliance on getting to the free throw line and scoring that way, I think hurts him in, in that perception. Like, I think that's my only comment, but he's obviously, you know, as near to the best score we've ever seen as probably anybody else we've ever seen.
0: Right. He's right there. Any, any last words on Harden? I, I mean, I feel like guys like Harden and even the, the, the top three guys we already talked about, um, we speak about quite a bit, right? So is there a lot more to touch on? I don't know. I, I feel like we just need to see now what guys like Harden, uh, some of the guys who are coming up like Anthony Davis and um, Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, like these guys, not that they're coming up just next, we'll get to it, but these guys who are now proven talents, proven superstars, uh, you know, franchise carriers, if you will, what do they do with the second half of their career? Harden's already in the second half of his career, but like AD, you know, Joel Embiid, they're twenty 25, 26. There's, mm-hmm. there's years to come, but for Harden, we've said a lot, right? So let's, let's keep this one moving. If you guys will, and we'll go to the next guy. And this is a guy who've only played five say real
1: quick. I just want to say real quick on James Harden. I know I make a, a lot of jokes about him, but it, it it's, and that he only scores in a couple of different ways, but like uh, kind of the way he gets there can be really diverse and it's and it's like it can be a lot of fun it kind of reminds me of like a really deceptive pitcher when he plays where you watch him and you'll like when you play against people you kind of see like okay they're dribbling they're dribbling okay that's a rhythm dribble they're gonna shoot or like you know there's uh they're dribbling they're okay they set their feet in a certain way they're gonna drive like you kind of read people if you're trying to play defense with James Harden what I think he's so good at is being deceptive with his his movements and how he sets himself up to drive or score like you think he's going to do one or the other and then he'll cross you up and confuse you like and and how strong he has to be to shoot all those step backs with so effortlessly and and i, I and how quick he has to be to get to the rim and beat guys all the time and change speeds like i i, I do really appreciate his offensive capability i know i get, i give you a hard time about it all the time but
0: thank you yeah he I think is. a good
2: summary to it could be like he's he's probably like the most unique of all like the top offensive guys like the way he does it like sure. you know we, we talked about Kevin Durant being like the basketball robot like he's got everything pretty much going for him with well, his size the robot season, but whatever yeah, sure
0: yeah quite the robot
2: yeah but but my point like Right, James right. Harden is is more of a, a maestro, more of an artist about it.
0: Ooh, a maestro. Right. Good, t- a good two, two K word. Words
3: right out of my mouth, Frank. I was just about to say, it, man. I was like, dude, he's a, he's an artist. He's not a not a basic scorer. You know what? He's not a Kawhi Leonard. He's not right. gonna get get to the elbow, pull up. He's not gonna, you know, kind of, you know. He, I mean, I was about to say he's not gonna bully you. Well, he will he will bully you, but he's not. You know, he's not gonna simply cross over one dribble jump shot he will make you you know look silly or he will you know get super creative and I think it's one of the you know (laughs) coolest things that we're watching and unfortunately I feel like we won't like we're not appreciating it now but I feel like when he retires we're gonna appreciate it a lot
2: yeah I I don't know why I just thought of like another analogy but like Kawhi Leonard is like the epitome of like a to b you know like he's yeah. he's like he's like taking the gps meanwhile james harden's out here like parkouring while scoring <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes so you know, another another analogy inspired as i wanted to move off harden here we go for another couple minutes doesn't matter though uh, another <laughs> analogy inspired off this conversation he's kind of like like the pearl jam of nba players like you may not like listening to his music But if you do, you appreciate it for being one of the best bands of all time. I'm not a Pearl Jam fan. I just know their songs are really long. And people just, like, sit there and jam for, like, hours and smoke cigarettes. So, like, he he may not be the most exciting in, like, you know, one spurt. Because you have to kind of sit there and appreciate the minutia of his game of like his intricacies and not just the step backs what about the step back go step back again like he does like the craziest stuff sometimes and unless you sit there and watch him for a whole game and you could actually sit through it like you won't even fully appreciate it cuz you'll just see some highlights like ah oh, there's Harden again step back three real cool but he just did three separate moves in a row that that also worked and then also set up another move like it's pretty incredible to watch I me mean, i don't think i'm going to get tired of it anytime soon personally <laughs>
1: Sure. Moving on, moving on, wrap it up here. We yeah, got yeah. Uh, number six. We got Steph Curry. Steph Curry missed like 99% of this season with the hand injury. And he's he's obviously not going to be back for the playoffs or the end of the reg, quote unquote regular season. So going into next year, I, I, it was his wrong, off shooting hand. I had him at number five. I think I put him ahead of James Harden on my list uh, by one spot just because of the, uh, I think, playoff success and um, just how he kind of – in the same way um, James Harden is kind of revolutionizing the game in terms of like an on-ball sense where he's taken so many like on-ball threes, like so many just beat his man one-on-one, go to the rim. It's just kind of – he's always on the ball, always in the – in the play, like Steph Curry to me really kind of revolutionized the off the ball shooter um, space because he, he was running through so. him and Clay Thompson were running through so many screens to get open. And then they would run this crazy, annoying play that was so difficult to defend where he he would pass it off to the wing, then cut down towards the basket. Like he was going to run through. And then all of a sudden they'd have this weird screen, pin down screen coming from the near side corner and it's such a like uh, all those weird actions i would uh, and i would watch it over and over and it's just i would say to my uh watch those games with my brother and i would say to him like why like they know he's going to the corner every time like why is why are they not like just running to that corner what are they doing and he, and my brother's like that's just such a weird action like no that's so hard to defend where like he gets rid of the ball. You know he's not a threat to cut to the rim and get like a layup, really. And then all of a sudden they're popping out to the near side for for a catch and shoot three. It's it's like all so strange. And obviously he can he can shoot it off the dribble, no doubt. But it, it's just really kind of he he revolutionized the you know not stereotypical um, NBA superstar body. Like you know right. Michael Jordan was six six, James Harden six five six six, LeBron six eight. Kevin Durant seven foot, Kawhi Leonard six nine, like all that type of stuff, and Steph Curry's doing having the same type of similar type impact at only six three, which I, skinny, I really think right? is, and yeah. skinny, which is I, I just think it's it's really important to the history of the game, and I mean, he's still just an unbelievable threat from anywhere.
0: He's kind of a guy who's unspoken. I think I'll say this right now: our one through six aggregate is LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Steph Curry. It is nearly impossible in my opinion and our list would uh, agree with this to put anyone above those six people. That top six to me is uncrackable right now. There's one guy and he's coming up who can crack that very soon, but even us who I apparently all love this next guy we're going to talk about is just, he's just outside that cause he just hasn't done enough. Steph Curry is an unspoken superstar. You don't even need to argue it. If you need to argue it, you're talking to somebody who doesn't watch basketball, doesn't know basketball or just hate Steph Curry, he's incredible, and he has so much gravity. That's the only, always the thing I like to say about Steph Curry. He could not touch the ball and affect the entire play, and set some. He can get an assist without touching the ball. If that makes sense, like not even setting a screen, just by running somewhere, attracting defenders, attracting their attention, yeah. and boom, Kevon Looney's yeah. getting a wide open dunk. Like that's how good yeah. Steph Curry is.
3: He's he's a hundred percent responsible. For probably all the big points on the Warriors yeah. just off of slipping screens you know and there's just so much space you know like i guess not the maybe the common fan may watch you know for the first time watching the Warriors and you know someone defend the Warriors like dude like they're wide open like how how can they get a wide open layup like that like well it's because he you know has expanded the floor to Ultimate literally floor, like half court. yeah literally half court so now it's, you know, it's like I was saying before with uh, with Kawhi about the numbers game, now defenses are like, well, you know what, we don't want to let Steph shoot a wide open three, but, you know, what? we'll give up the layup, we'll let the guy slip. So now a guy like, you know, JaVel McGee is, yes. you know, you know, he has 10, 12 points a game now when traditionally he was like a five, six points a game guy, guy.
0: Dude, perfect example, because I was literally just thinking about, I think it was the finals uh, two years ago against uh, LeBron and the Cavs, right? His last year at Cleveland. I think it was the first like two games of the series or something like that. In the first quarter, JaVale McGee had probably like eight open dunks because he just slipped right down the screen between Steph and Curry and Kevin Durant, like, no defenders paying attention to JaVale McGee, but Steph Curry does that even without Clay and Kevin Durant is, is the real point too. So McGee was the perfect example there.
2: I mean, he's, he's, I I feel like we, we always get it so enamored by just the shooting and how far he can shoot from. Uh, I'm going to hit on something. I feel like people don't necessarily talk about all the time, but just like, with the nature of Steph Curry being on your team and his ability to score and volume in such a short period of time, I think it's, it's, it's almost unrivaled. You're literally never out of a game unless it's like the last two minutes and you're still down by 20, then it might be over. But like, he's, he's been on the back of some of the biggest comebacks I've ever seen. He hit some of the biggest shots I've ever seen. Uh, the, you know, just just beside being one of the greatest shooters, probably the greatest shooter we've ever seen, he's also clutch as hell. So
0: and yeah, I mean him and Clay before Clay got hurt brought them back against the Raptors in this past Finals, like in a minute and a half from like eight or something, something like that points because they were just ripping and they can't be stopped when they're hot. It's yeah. it's insane. Uh, let's move on to our next guy. This is where the list really starts to, you know, we start to see some variance. We start to see. You know, some some players uh, really go in different directions if you look at our individual list, but our aggregate will put it together uh, together for us. And that's uh, number seven, Luka Doncic. So maybe someone's going to sit here and be like, Luka Doncic at seven? The dude's only 20 years old. Yeah, that's how good this guy is. He's is an offensive, no, he is a team carrier. In my opinion, you put Luka Doncic on a team, they are a playoff team. That's the dude who we're talking about. He will carry an entire team. He will lift an entire team. He can do everything on offense, and he's got a body to do some things on defense. He's got work to do on defense, but he's that good. Is there any qualm on Luca being this high? Obviously not, based off our list. But what can you say bad about this guy?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go fast. I think you know, in terms of like best basketball players. I do like to think about it also in terms of, like, you know, who's affecting people around them the most. And to your point, as a team carrier, I think he's someone who pretty clearly makes others around him better. So for me, that's why it was pretty easy to throw him up there so high.
0: And real quick, actually, because um, something that I've actually, and I wrote notes a little bit for each of these guys and a, a three way term that I was using that I, I think are going to start coming up were team carrier, team raiser, and then team steadier. And that's like the tier, right? So a team carrier is the type of guy who, if you put them on any team, you can expect that team to be a certain level of competitive, right? Luka Doncic, James Harden, all the guys we ma- mentioned already are team carriers. There are some mm-hmm. team carriers below too, right? There's different tiers of team carriers. Then there are team raisers who maybe you don't want them to be, you know, the number one guy, but when they're around, They're lifting you up. And then there's guys who are team steadiers who maybe won't be, you know, raising your ceiling, but they're going to keep your floor at a really, really respectable spot. And that's something that I was using kind of to make this list. You know, who's a carrier? Who's just putting the team on his back? Who's able to occasionally put the team on their back, but also just like kind of raise the ceiling a little bit? And then who's there to kind of steady it? and uh just keep them just keep them in that really nice competitive zone. That was a, a nice little three-way term that I was using throughout this.
1: Yeah, Luca, Luca kind of reminds me a lot of kind of he, he he he's like a cross between like LeBron and James Harden for me when I watch him on offense because it's a lot of high screen and roll, it's a lot of step backs, but he is a very unselfish. Player and he is more than willing to to hit the open shooters in the corners. The, the and he creates so much space for his um, for his teammates. Kind of in the in the same way, where I'll watch him, I watch him like dance at the top of the key or and shoot a step back. That'll kind of remind me of James Harden. When he attacks the rim, it's the way I see the defenses react. Reminds me more of LeBron and the way he can make any pass when he's in the lane. He can pass to any spot on the court with ease like that really reminds me of
2: LeBron you know specifically to the LeBron comparison because the, the James Harden step back is like you know uh, un, it's uh, you can't quite it's unquestionable but he has like the same sort of lame patience as LeBron he never seems like he's in a rush to make the pass or a rush to put up the shot like he he'll he, he knows he's got time and space to do it so he doesn't rush it and I think it's such a good comparison
3: He's, he's definitely one of those guys that just, like, plays with such – like you said, plays with such great pace. And he's one of those guys that he's so strong. And, you know, he plays with such great, great pace. He makes – literally makes the game look easy. Yeah. And I think that's, like, tough to do. You're 20 years old, second year in a league in the NBA. You know, the greatest league, basketball league in, in the world. And he came in two years, and he's pretty much – you know, taking over the Mavericks, and now they're you know they're a contender. You know, I think it's really impressive.
2: Yeah, there's a lot to love with Luka Doncic. Absolutely, for sure,
0: hundred percent. Um, let's keep this moving here, and because actually, you know, I said before that the top six seem to be, you know, the uncrackable mark. But looking at our, you know, average totals here, it seems like the top eight is actually the uncrackable mark because. Our average total on our next guy is still actually seven and a half. So we rounded him up to eight uh, just behind Luka. And then after that, our next highest total is over 12. So our ninth-ranked player and our eighth-ranked player actually have an average total difference of, you know, almost five points here, we'll say, or five, five spots. So a- Anthony Davis is number eight. Uh, Duff, you had him the lowest by Justice a smidge. You had him at nine. Frank had him at six. Uh, so we had him at eight total. Um, so Duff, why don't you tell us why he wasn't in your top eight? You can, you know, I'll leave it up to you if you want to mention who's eight for you, or we can wait for it. But why did he slip out of that top eight? And uh, what does he need to do to maybe, you know, end up where he always seemed to belong as a top five player in the league?
1: Um, I, I just, I think I had him lower because he's a big man and I was, if you look at my list and where I was ranking people, I think I kind of had a higher value on guards and wings as opposed to big men. Like I really, I think I only really had, uh, like three big men in my top 25 or four big men in my top 25. Wow. And, and three of them landed, uh, in between like it was, yeah, they were listed like nine, 11 and 12. And then I had the fourth one at 17 and then I really didn't have another one in the top 25. And I probably should have had him at eight. I would say if I could go back and change that, I probably would. But you can't. I'm gonna make so fun just, of you later. Can't do it now and feel free to make <laughs> fun of me for it because it was clearly it was so hard. It was just so a lot of names and numbers flying around. Um I had the XL blindness. Uh but I I, I just think as a big man, like that's kind of the way I see him. Like he he is not he he can make shots. He's capable of making any shot on the floor. But I am not confident in him making any shot on the floor, if if that makes mm, sense. Absolutely. And I, I I didn't feel like this season his post ups were tremendously productive from what I saw in games that I watched. So if that's really, you know, the the majority of his touches that he's gonna get on the offensive end, I don't feel great about it. But he's so, so dominant on the defensive end and such a presence in the lane that it along with you know his his skill and his touch and I think like I'm saying he can make any shot but he can't do it really consistently I think that'll change as he gets better like he's just you just see he just has so much smoothness and rhythm when he shoots and attacks I I I think he'll get better with that um and even now he's only 26 still. So there's
0: a lot of room <laughs> for him to go. Yeah. It's just insane. Yeah. It's so, so hilarious. Like I, yeah. I was literally staring at his age. Cause we have this all in our spreadsheet, right? Like I knew he was 26. I was just thinking to myself, damn, he's only 26. But when you said it out loud, I literally just laughed. Like it's hilarious. He is yeah, only it's 26. It's insane. Yeah. yeah.
1: And oh I'll, I'll bring up who I had cool. eighth. I'll bring it up. later. No, no. So. Oh yeah. Bring
0: it up later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring it up later. No. Kyle, yeah. k- Kyle, any words on Anthony Davis?
3: Yeah, he like you said, uh, Duff. He he just literally does it all, and I think his his focus. You know, one of the most impressive things about him, and it wasn't about like anything on the floor, but like there were a lot of like reports that like one of the main things he stressed between like him and LeBron about like the Lakers when he was coming in was like, "Yo, we have to focus on defense. Like, I, I don't care about you know my scoring. Like, I if we can defend." you know, we'll play with anybody. And I think that's like, just goes to show his mentality, you know, as a defensive, defensive center or power forward, you know, whatever position they have him playing out there um, on the floor. And, you know, with that, he can still give you like 25 a night, you know, and if he was on another team, like how he was with the Pelicans, you know, years back, I'm sure he would probably, you know, be doing even better numbers than he did back then. But, He's on a, you know, he's probably in a different role with LeBron on the team now. But the good thing is him and LeBron are often in a lot of pick and roll situations where you can get easy buckets. So, I mean, I, I definitely put him, you know, in this topic as well.
1: And that's got to be the most lethal pick and roll in the league right now. Oof,
0: yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: It's just, it's just automatic, you know, it's to, so at least, dynamic. you know, you can't cheat off of either one of those guys. No. Right.
0: And it was Something I wrote for Anthony Davis with the, with the team carrier in mind I wrote that it's unfair to judge him as a team carrier because if you look at just the Pelican stuff, their team was too bad to fairly judge him at some point, and then when they were good, like, they were pretty damn good, so, like, that was worth it for him. So it's like, you and now he's with LeBron, so you can't really judge him like you can judge, you know, some of these other guys who we're talking about who have played with, like, more average talent and, and really carried them to consistent postseason success. Like he just hasn't done that. And we still can't really do that with him, but his talent is so undeniable that other team carriers like, you know, maybe like Joel Embiid who are similar position, like even like a Jokic guys who are coming up in this list soon. um, They've done it more solo at certain points and that's impressive. But Anthony's Davis talent is so good that he still lands above some of these other guys who have put teams on their back.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Frank, actually, I want st- I'll stick with you because I want to go to you on the next guy, our ninth-ranked player, uh, coming up with an average score of 12.25, uh, if you will, Damian Lillard. So he comes in in the top 10, Dame Lillard, Dame time. How you doing, Frank, though? You had him at 15th, the lowest, leading to a variance of uh, 5, which is our biggest one yet. Uh, why'd you drop Dame to 15, and what, what's uh, your thoughts on this guy?
2: First of all, I don't know to to <laughs> kind of kind of to dust points earlier about how he valued guard and wing play more. I think I valued wing and big slightly more than I did point guard. But I mean, to me he's at any point again, this is like still nitpicking to me because all of these guys we talked about have ability to take over a game almost at any point. Uh, it, it's just the consistency with which they do it. And I don't know, I guess Portland not being as successful as a team this year, maybe dropped him down for me. For sure. Cause I'm, I'm used to seeing them as a playoff contender and stuff like that. But I don't, I, I'm honestly, I, I don't have, I don't have an answer. This is really hard to do. Um, and I do feel like I slided my boy Dame. I'm a big Dame fan for sure. But I think he landed in a good spot. I mean, he's still in the top 10.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, realistically, our 9 through uh, nine through what? 13 guy are only se- separated by two rank spots or two spots, whatever two, whatever we want to call it, two points. So there, this is close. This is splitting hairs as much as we were at the top. So he may have came up on 9, but the next like three or four guys are within points of him. So, like you said, it is really close. It's only a variance of five. But I figured I'd give you the shot there. But 100%, (laughs) Frank, the word, um, the thing you said that is probably the biggest point here is the Portland Trailblazers' lack of success this year leaves a eh taste in our mouth, right, with Dame Lillard. So consistently with a lot of wins in Portland, some deep playoff runs, freaking conference finals last year, you know, so like... Yeah. Granted, we we can't gauge their playoff success properly because of some of their matchup luck, especially last year. Uh, but they've had some huge series. He's had some amazingly clutch moments. He's done awesome things in this league. He's low key been a top five MVP candidate multiple times in the past couple of years. Uh, yep. So Dame Lillard deserves to be top ten. I I, I think. Any any gripes there?
1: No. He's no, the, the top all. five MVP votes consi- pretty, like pretty consistently over the last handful of years. Like. That that kind of tells y'all you, you need to know in my opinion.
3: Yeah,
0: Facts. All and right. He, oh yeah, what's up, guys?
3: Big shot. No, i was sorry. I was, I was just saying he, he hits just every big shot, you know, in the playoffs, I feel like every yeah. every every playoff like uh you know, rewind that they do for for uh for playoff season. It's Damian Lillard hitting some big shot, you know, yeah, sending multiple out, sending series enders. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Dude so- I don't
2: think I don't think the clip of of, of Paul George like slipping and then trying to come contest that that's like an NBA clip for, for the ages.
0: Oh yeah. Yes. And, and honestly the, w- the one fading to the left against Houston a couple years back, like probably yeah. five yeah. years ago. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. yeah. He, with,
2: the, with, the,
3: with the great, uh, the great still frame picture of him just staring into the camera. Classic.
0: Oh God.
2: Yeah. So good. That, that well, everyone else is in hysteria around him, but he's just <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I did know. that.
0: Obviously. You're right. <laughs> 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 All right, well, let's keep it moving. So, number 10, rounding out our top 10 by, oh, a half of a point here. Just sneaking up into our top 10. Uh, my guy, I'm going to say my guy, but also, in this case, Frank's guy. Because, this yo honestly, this is a weird one. Because we have our biggest variance so far. Uh, but me and Frank had Nikola Jokic at number 9. Duff had him at 11. And Kyle... If you have yeah. you listened to me talk about this man before? He's like my second Harden. You yeah. have him, you had him at twenty. This is,
3: your, this is your Harden Jr. right here. This is
0: my Harden Jr. So Nikola Jokic I is am. our tenth player based off the average. Uh, Yo, Kyle, Kyle, just what is since it? Since you
1: since you slighted Pete so badly here, I just want to officially say it was great having you on the pod. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to seeing you again in person because I know I'm not going to hear you on here
0: again. <laughs> it, <laughs> no. was, it was a
3: good while last man. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate yeah. it.
0: <laughs> so uh, to defend yourself man come on
3: all right man so <laughs> Jokic man I I love Jokic's game by the way so I I think he's a stud and um I think that he he has I think we I I mentioned it last night we were talking about Marcus Morris he's got that old man at the Y game oh that yeah I love definitely He's got just the the crafty like you know ball fakes coming down to you know going full court with the ball, which I I love. I think the one thing that I maybe thought of and maybe I would put him at twenty, maybe I could have put him putting him higher. But uh, I think it was just his defense. That's what I think he could he could probably work on a little bit more. Where I'll probably rank him higher. If he was more of a defender, but um everything I mean, he stretches the floor too he can shoot he's he's a great player and, and you know i you know looking at it now compared to everyone everyone else is 9 11 and 9 and i got 20 <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could have given him some more love
1: but uh yeah it's I guess the NBA, bro you're valuing the defense a little too much <laughs> even though he's
3: tall i know man i know man
1: he
2: hey, you know what that's 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 like so truly spoken to a high school basketball coach absolutely i, yeah. I respect it so hard our our
3: Exactly, dude. it's our our method is always trying to keep the teams ten and under each quarter. So I think that's why I've I gave him a hard time, I guess, on my grades. Yeah, because he's yeah, he's just waiting for the thirty two minutes of hell. He- <laughs> yeah, man. right. Trying. Union County, man. It's tough. Tough Yo, County.
0: Joker, Joker deadass sometimes is just waiting for the ball to go in the hoop so he could step out of bounds and throw a touchdown oh, to somebody. He's so sick. But, now nah, I feel you. So, I think his defense is weird because there are moments where he can just look so slow, right? And it's like, oh, my God, it's so bad. But uh, some of the numbers actually work in his favor. Like, So, he's not a big shot blocker, but his – um, opponent's field goal percentage like near the rim is actually really good so it's one of those things like eh, he doesn't really pass the defensive eye test which obviously is really important still with defensive metrics being so weird but people don't score on him that well but he doesn't block shots so I, I totally get it but uh, I mean can I just say this he's the best passing big man of all time uh,
2: so I'm kind of oh, yeah. I'm kind of mad that you took over before I did because Sorry. no it's all good that, that was literally going to be my only point like I'm so enamored by the big man who can, who can play specifically the passing skill game. Um, it's Work why, I, it's why, yeah, it's, it's why I was a fan of uh, Joe Kim Noah, like in those couple of seasons in Chicago after wow, got really hurt. I mean, away. dude was averaging like 9.6 assists a game as a center and to the point we made about Dame Lillard, he was like a top five MVP candidate one of those years. So, but we're getting beyond my point here. Um, just his ability to pass is is amazing, and it's literally enamoring to me. I I, I giggle sometimes at the passes <laughs> he makes. Or yo, know, some and,
0: dude. Remember that one fadeaway he hit where he like
2: dude. So, and that's what I was gonna say. He's working on the next Dirk fadeaway, the next like un, most unguardable shot the NBA has ever seen.
0: Yeah, Mark, um, Mark Jackson came out with one of the best lines ever he's ever uttered on national television. When Jokic hit at the end of a shot clock, like a spinning one-foot fadeaway deep in the corner. And that he said
2: multiple times, by the way. Yeah,
0: and then Mark Jackson was like, that's that old man with the cigarette in his mouth at the park shot right there. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, yes, that is amazing. Because like some old head rolls in and and like you think he has no juice, and then he does like a got, crazy got, shot. He's got knee
2: pads on both <laughs> knees. He's got goggles and a headband. You're yeah. like, this dude ain't got no game. And then he makes like some 18 year old buff kid fall on his ass, bro. Yeah. yeah. And now we now we have skinny.
0: Well, we actually have coronavirus, Jokic, right now. We'll see. Hopefully, you know. Okay. Thoughts up with him not to change the mood too harshly right there, but he actually did come out with coronavirus now uh, and he's lost a lot of weight. So hopefully he doesn't become too, too skinny. That's actually a real worry. I think if you're the Denver nuggets right now, like, is he going to be too skinny? Uh, But nonetheless, he's pretty sick. Um, Duff, do you have any last words before I just give you this one?
1: No, let's just do it. Go ahead. All right. So number 11, we got Russell Westbrook. (laughs) who if you're a frequent listener of the pod, you know is kind of the bane of my basketball existence. (laughs) Um, But I I somehow ranked him the highest out of anyone in this group. Yeah, it's actually (laughs) mind-boggling. By like a decent margin. (laughs) And uh, I had him ranked at eighth. So this is what we were alluding to earlier. Um, I think that was kind of because – you know things things get lost in the shuffle. You know how things happen, and and you know like how Frank had Dame at number fifteen. I got I got Russ at eight. Man, I don't know what to say. And <laughs> he he kind of came on. He came on later in the uh, later like as this season kind of moved along. Like right before it got shut down. Like after All was break the last
2: much. player of the month. Yeah,
1: yeah, and he was he was playing really well and. It kind of – it was – he, in the same way, like, people wanted DeMar DeRozan to shoot more threes because that's just the way you're supposed to play and nowadays and yada, yada, yada. Like, people wanted the same thing out of Russ, and he was trying to do that earlier in the season, and he was just really not playing well, or his numbers were really inefficient. They were really bad,
0: actually. It was really bad.
1: Yeah, it was really bad. The fact that he is where he
0: is today is, like, amazing.
1: And he pulled the he pulled like a one eighty on it, and he kind of just leaned into who he was and attacked the rim with reckless abandon, and just and and really was going at even dudes like Rudy Gobert, like right into his chest and finishing yeah. at the rim so strongly. It it kind of made me see a di- like not necessarily a different side, but just with more clarity. Like if he just super leaned into that, that was just the best version of himself for what he could do, and the other part of this is like this, we were talking like top eight or whatever, like the top six people we have on this list are really the only six people that you you need to have one of these six guys. If you want to win a championship, I feel like. Mm-hmm. So once you got beyond that, I think it was more about like tiers, like who would right. be like the best second banana kind of thing. And, uh, and that's, that's what I got for Russ. I had him too high still though.
0: Now well, uh, all right. So here's an, here, uh, excuse me, here's a number for you. So, his efficiency, as you noted, was bad. It was really, it was actually really bad in the first yeah, portion of the season. Bad. So like it, historic. So yeah, it yeah. was really, really bad. So right now, effective field goal percentage, which is you know, it's more of like a, a point per shot type of field goal percentage, right? If you look at the guys above him, uh, everybody's well into the fifties, right? I think Kawhi is the lowest at fifty two, but you know, his efficiency is is pretty well documented. LeBron 55, Giannis, 58, Harden, fit, uh, fifty five, Giannis fifty eight, Harden fifty. 53. Like all these guys are in the mid high fifties, right? Nikola Jokic, 56, Dame Lillard, 55. Um, Russell Westbrook's at 49, right? So that's, that's not very good. But if you consider that he was at like 44 for half the season, that means he's been really, really good in the second yeah. half of the season. He's was incredible uh, in certain points of the season when James Harden was struggling too. So he was able to, like you said, steer into his strengths and, and help pick this team up and carry them for a large portion of the season.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I I feel like partially what I said before, I don't even know if it was on the podcast or before it, but like, I feel like I kind of backed myself into the corner, like the, the Russell Westbrook corner in the past and had to defend the angle. Like, Oh, he's the best when that really was never my opinion. And I feel like, you know, maybe that was Duff's point of view too. Like he had to argue that he's the worst, but, you know, maybe this is your yeah. way to get. Maybe this is your way to get back a little,
0: bro. You both compromise yeah, a little get
1: it bit. The, get back to Get back, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I feel that. <laughs> get it yeah. back to the average, yeah. But,
0: well, Kyle, you had him at yeah. nineteen, bro. Is well, yes, Russell do, Westbrook's, um, you know, la- like lackluster decision making and like reckless abandon a negative to you? What's up with the nineteen there?
3: So, so I think nineteen is kind of what you were getting at before about the efficiency stuff, and I. You know, I, I I'm a big Russ fan, but I think. I guess it might be a little. It might be getting personal now, where I'm starting to see like the same trend where mm-hmm. he's like almost like trying to do too much at times, instead of like kind of. And 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 this is, this isn't. I I don't want it to come off the wrong way because he you know makes a ton of plays. Like obviously he's a freak, on the basketball court. I do feel like there's times where he may force some things, to you know where he may miss opportunities for. Others besides the pick and roll game and um and the other thing is his jump shot, man. Like his jump shot is like bad.
0: Like yeah, it hurts. It hurts sometimes, man. Like,
3: like like you contemplate there's a triple rim on the damn
0: court.
3: <laughs> it's bad. And sure. like, you know, a I just triple rim. Right, his his three point percentage is twenty five percent. And I'm like, dude, like that's you're creeping with like Ben Simmons numbers right there. I mean, not that bad. But
0: right. He still shoots him.
2: He's worried. That's yeah, the yeah, problem.
0: Yo, maybe Russell Westbrook should shoot as many threes as, as Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah,
2: shoot him. Yeah. Well, no, to, to your point about the triple rims, he has to shoot a couple of threes. That's why he gets so mad and just, like, really obliterates the rim when he <laughs> does that. <laughs> yeah. He right. needs that. He needs
0: the rim right. to him over.
1: Well, no, Pete, to, to your point, like, Ben Simmons' level three point attempts, like, at, at a – so if you take his game by game stats from January 18th to uh his last game this regular season or before the break in March 10th he was only shooting 1.9 threes per game. So two threes mm. a game and he was shooting 33% from three. It's a great number. And like that's for him that's a great number yeah. and he was shooting 54% from the field and scoring 32 points. Oh, like, that's so good. That's really, really good for him. Yep. And if you go before, if you go before that date, he was basically st- scoring like twenty-four points a game and shooting twenty-three percent from three. Oh, God, it hurts. And, and, and you know what? what? Forty-three percent from have, the field.
2: What right? are your attempts per game then? Uh, five. Five. Yeah, that's a huge difference.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably, to be honest, that's probably what I was, you know, getting at. Like when I had more time to watch basketball during the season uh you know with with basketball season myself you know I remember like after football I have like a little little month you know like grace period between football and basketball before basketball really starts up I remember just watching I was like dude like Westbrook is like stinking it up but yeah. you know he probably just had to get in, into a rhythm and you know with with Harden and obviously you found it so
0: Facts. All right, well, let's keep this thing moving because uh, we're starting to get a little bit long-winded here, but that's okay. We're having fun. Uh, next on the list is a guy who didn't play. Our second guy who didn't play a single game this year, and that's Clay Thompson. Um, I don't know if there's much to be said. Obviously, there's always the concern on health after an injury like that, but like we did with Kevin Durant, this dude, Klay Thompson, has garnered so much respect, and he earned this this ranking at number 12 in our list. So Klay Thompson, I had him the lowest at 18, and the only reason I had him lower is because he isn't truly um, a team carrier. He's a raiser and a steadier, and he's an in-game carrier, so he carries games, but he's not carrying the whole team, the whole offense, all season long. But he's incredible. He's the second-best shooter of all time behind his teammate. Uh, he's a great defender. He's a competitor. He's a the team player. There's not one thing you can say bad about Klay Thompson other than the fact that He's never been the sole number one player on a team. So you can kind of hold that against him, but it's not even truly fair because he's just been doing more than what he's been asked to his entire career.
1: Yeah. Like Steph Curry was the ultimate floor spacer. Clay Thompson is the ultimate three and D guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ultimate facts. I don't even know if there's much else to say about Clay. I just can't wait to see him play again.
2: Yeah. Um, 100%. He looks like He looks like Squidward's house.
0: thank god we didn't move on without getting
1: that out. oh man (laughs) necessary
0: necessary takes from the nba outsiders on the sports blog podcast here but let's finish up there for today uh that's good stuff right there uh frank duffy kyle bringing the heat and myself Uh, that was part one of the top 25 players in the nba breakdown the immaculate list you can't beat it uh 13 through 25, the final top 25 members coming on Friday. But hopefully you enjoyed that one. And if you enjoyed it enough, hopefully it brings you back for part two. In my opinion, I think it actually got a little more more frisky in part two. Uh, Maybe it's because it was getting late and we were recording late at night. I don't know. But maybe it's because there's some more debate to be had. There's some really good players from 13 to 25. Maybe some guys who you thought should be in the top 12. But that's for us to decide and you to decide on Friday. But for now, so long. Thank you for listening. Sports Blog New your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at PKennedy with two whys. Let me know what you think about the first half of the list and then what you think is going to happen, second half of the list, whatever you want to do. Communicate. Love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. See you on Friday.